change your life. So we're continuing our messages on, this is our mission statement on God's purpose. How many of you want to be successful in life? Nobody. Come on. We all want to be successful, don't we? But let me ask you something. Does God view success the same way we do? That's what we're going to talk about. What God calls success in each of our lives. You know, God, when God created every one of us in this room and all of you that's watching on the internet, he created us to be winners. He wanted all of us to succeed and be a winner in life. And no matter what's happened in your past, no matter what bad things that have happened, God still means for every one of you to be a winner. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And I'm going to tell a story, and many of you have heard this before because I've told it many times. There was a little boy walking one time in the forest. And, uh, man, he was looking at the beautiful trees, and all at once there was a big hill. And he looked, and there was a big nest on the edge of the hill. And all at once, a beautiful eagle flew out. The little boy was excited. And then all at once, he saw an egg, an eagle's egg, fall into the ground. Well, he ran, tried to catch this egg because he wanted to save that little eagle. But he missed it. He was very disappointed. And then he looked, and it was okay. It got caught in the bushes. He got the egg, and he tried his best to climb back up on that mountain because he wanted to save that little eagle. But it was too big. He couldn't make it. He thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he was wandering around. Then he saw a big nest laying on the ground. And it was full of eggs. So he said, I'll just put this little egg in with these other eggs. And he walked off happy. Well, days, weeks later, they began to crack. One egg cracked, and here out popped a turkey. Then another egg cracked, and here... Another turkey, then another turkey, and then one popped out, and a little eagle popped out. So this little eagle looked different, but he had a bunch of brothers and sisters. See, it was a little eagle, and he had a bunch of brother and sister turkeys. And weeks later, maybe months later, they were walking out in an open field, and all at once, they looked up, and here was this beautiful eagle flying in the, in the, way up in the sky. And this little eagle said, man, wouldn't that be great if we could fly like that eagle? And his little turkey brother said, but we're turkeys. We can't fly like that. So God created that little eagle to fly. That was that little eagle's purpose. But he never met probably his purpose in life. He always stayed on the ground. And what about you and me? Did God create us to fly, but we stay on the ground like that little turkey? Let me, how many of you, I'm not asking you to hold your hand, but do we, do we really know what God's purpose in our life is? What is his will for my life? Do we really know that? If you don't, you're not alone. So many of us don't know what, truly what our purpose is. A few years ago, I was in another country teaching, and, 
And I t- one of the subjects was, do you know God's purpose for your life? And as I was teaching, I asked, asked the class, how many of you aren't sure what God's purpose in your life is? And two-thirds of them probably raised their hand. You see, that's not uncommon for so many of us. You know, we love God, we want to serve Him, but we're not sure what His purpose is for us. But folks, that shouldn't be. How We all want to build God's kingdom, but how are we going to really build it if we don't know what our part is in His kingdom? What we have to do is realize that God created every one of us, every one of you on TV, for a specific purpose. He has a plan for your life. In fact, it says in the Bible that he, before you were born, he had it written down. Look what it says in Psalms 139, 15, 16. My fame, they got it up, yeah. My fame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, he said that he's written down everything that were to happen in our lives. Lives. But let me ask you something. Was you born by mistake? When we were born, when we were, where we were born, our personalities, our relationships were, were all ordained by God for our purpose in life. Now let me ask you something. Does our purpose, does God's will for our life automatically happen? Does it just happen? He, what he wants us to do, does it automatically happen? No, no, it doesn't. Let me ask you something. Does there, God wants everyone to be saved, right? To come to Jesus and be saved. Is everyone saved? No. God wants all of us to walk in health, to be free from bondage in our lives. But is that, does that happen? No. He also wants us to walk in his purpose, to build his kingdom the way he wants it to. Does that happen? No. So, Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it when you don't get saved? Yeah, that's probably right. No, it's us. God gave us, God gave us free will to make our own choices in life. Look what it says in, in Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray to me, and I will hearken to you, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search me with all of your heart. See what it says? With all of our hearts. To seek God. To seek him. Seek him from the heart. If you want to know your will, God's will for you, the scripture says we seek him. We run after him. And don't quit you know what God's will is for you. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you 
and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God knows us. He has plans for us. And he has a future for every one of us. Remember Moses in the Bible? Moses, man, look at all the victories Moses had. And he, he was 120 years old when he died. It said he still had good eyesight. He was still strong in strength. In fact, it says he climbed a mountain the day that he went to heaven. Now, that's victory, isn't it? But what did Jesus say? The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Greater than Moses, because we have the Spirit of God in every one of us. You see, God created every one of us for a purpose, something special, to be successful in life. But what do we call successful? The dictionary says the achievement of something desired, planned, and attempted. That's pretty broad, isn't it? You know, we could plan something, though, that wasn't in God's will and be successful in it, but it hasn't really achieved anything in our lives. Another definition in the Bible says success is to reach in fame and prosperity. Are all people that are famous, are they happy? They have, they have all this fame and fortune. They're on TV. They, they, they're famous. And they made lots of money. But do they, are they still miserable? And I can tell you, a long time in my life, early in my career, I sought that. And I was very successful. But it never made me really happy. Because those kind of things don't bring true happiness. So what does God call success? How many of y'all remember the story in Matthew 25? It talks about the rich man and his three servants. They got a picture of them up there. He's already given the gold out, isn't he? But y'all remember this. This is an illustration. Jesus was giving us an illustration of what God meant. He t it doesn't matter how big or how little God gives you to do. Sometimes he'll give us something big to do. Another person, something small to do. It's the, what he calls success is how we succeed in what he gives us. Remember in the parable, he, called, he was going on a trip to another country, this rich man. He'd be gone for a long time. He called three servants together and gave, them, gave the first one five bags of gold. The second one, two bags of gold. And the third one, one bag of gold. See, he, he gave them the amount according to his ability. And then he left. So what did the first one do? Remember what it says? He took those five bags of gold and invested them, traded with them, and doubled his money. He had ten bags of gold. The second servant, two bags of gold, invested them, traded, traded, and earned two more bags. He had four bags. Remember what the third servant did? He was afraid of what his master would do if he lost any money, so he went and buried it. 
So the, the master was gone for a long time. He comes back and calls his servants together. And he calls the first one up with five goes and says, what did you do? And the, said, Master, I invested it. Here's ten bags of gold. Remember what the master said? Well done, faithful servant. I will give you a bigger reward. Gave him more responsibility. The second one did the same thing. The master said the same thing to him. But the third one, he came up to him and said, Master, I was afraid to lose anything, so I just buried it. Here's your one bag. He didn't get a reward. He didn't get any more responsibility because he wasn't faithful with what, what the master had given him. See, God, it doesn't matter how much, what job, how big it is that God gives you. Just be faithful with that. And you're going to get the same reward as someone that got a big job. Y'all see what I'm saying? God gives us something to do. You know, it's like an... All of us aren't called to sing, sing up here with, with these great singers or to get up here and preach, preach, but God calls you to do something. And every one of you have something to do to make this church successful. And when we all don't do our part, we're missing something. Man, we need to be thanking the people that clean our church. That's a big deal that keeps it clean. For the ones that mow the yards, that keep our flower beds, we need to be thankful for them because they play a part in, in building what God planned our church to do. For the, all the people that work, worked in the storage building and, and painting yesterday, man, that is thankful. We need to thank God for what they did. And in some way, God's going to reward us for that. Do you understand what I'm saying is, God might give you some little job to do that you say, man, that's not a whole lot. But when you do it faithfully, you're going to get just as much a reward as some big famous evangelist in God's eyes. That's what true success is. You know, many of us, we, we do godly things. We do, and, and we, uh, but we do it in our own strength. And I'm going to talk, tell my story in a few minutes about that. But God rewards on what he asks you to do. He asks, all of us have got different talents, different things, but whatever he wants you to do and you do it faithfully, you're going to be blessed. You know, I heard a message years ago from a pastor somewhere, I don't remember where it was, and everybody was in heaven. It was millions of people and God was sitting on his throne and he said, I'm going to give my most Biggest reward to the most faithful servant of all time. Of course, we all start thinking about Noah, Moses, Abraham, John, Peter, all of those. God calls a little lady up front. And she, he said, this is my most faithful servant of all time. Pastor didn't tell us what job she had. <laughs> we didn't know what that was. But think about it. Whatever God assigned in this message, sign that girl, she was faithful with it. And so she was mo his most successful servant of all time. That's the way God looks at success.
Look at 1 Samuel 16, 7. For man looks on you, your outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. You know, many people look good on the outside. Man, they dress well. They wear fancy clothes. They, they look really nice. They might drive big cars. So, and they look, in the world's eyes, successful. But what about the heart? Are those people always happy? Are those people always feeling good? Their life can be miserable on the inside. Success is what God looks at from our hearts, what we do that pleases him. You know, I, uh, I've told you my story before. I'll, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. But I was raised in church all my life. If the doors of the church were open, my mom was there with us, even as a little baby. So I, was, I grew up in church, and, and when I got married, I worked in church. and uh, I was on a lot of committees. I served people. I went out witnessing. I was in a church of, of 3,000 people at one time, and we had eight or nine pastors, and all the pastors liked me to be on their team because I would work. And so I worked on a lot of committees. And I was doing, in the world's eyes, so many good things. And I'm not saying they weren't bad. They were good things. I was helping people. I was doing work. But something was missing in my life. I knew there had to be more. I never understood that. And I went for years. I'm talking about years of doing that. And I couldn't understand. I loved God. I taught the Bible, but I knew something wasn't right. Now, nobody on the outside knew that, but I knew it. There had to be more. And then I went on a mission trip, and that's when I saw the woman's twisted body twist back in place before my eyes. That changed everything in my life. You see, when I saw that, which was impossible to me, when I saw that, I cried out to God week after week, month after month. And that's when I started crying. I'd always prayed a lot, but I was crying from the heart. I wanted something. What I saw was impossible, and I wanted it. And I developed a relationship with God. I knew God all my life. I knew the Bible, but I, I wanted to know more about him. And I, I, I got a relationship with him like I'd never had in my life. And when he told me that he wanted to use me to bring faith to the body of Christ for healing, I thought he was crazy. I'd seen one miracle. I, I, I didn't believe it. And I, I wrestled with that. But I finally told him, yes, God, I'll do it. And everything changed. You see, for most of my life, I, I realized now, I didn't at that time, I realized I was doing all these things for God, and they were good things, but I was doing them really in my own strength. I'd work long hours. I'd work a lot of, a lot of I couldn't say no to anybody that asked me to do something, but I was doing it in my own strength. But to do what God wanted me to do, I had to do it through him because it was impossible what he asked me to do. But I had to do it. I had to depend on God. Now, folks, that will change everything. 
when you truly begin to depend on God, on his ability instead of my ability. And then I begin to see, and then I begin to have peace in my life, happiness in my life, like I've never had before. When you truly begin living a life that God has ordained for you personally, you'll never find anything that make you happy as that will. Peaceful and joyful. But folks, you have to seek it. It's not going to happen automatically. You've got to cry out to God. Or he's going to give it to you if you cry out to him. And when that happens, amazing things is going to happen. I'm going to tell you a few stories. Put the first one up there. This is a picture of my sister sitting at a table. She, uh, Carolyn's very well off, but about two months ago, she went to, uh, in, she lives in West Little Rock, she went to the doctor because she was very sick, and he did exam, and both her kidneys were shutting down. They were stage three, damaged. There was no cure for it. He said she was that close to going on dialysis every day of her life. My, my sister is very outgoing, does a lot of things, and she knew that it would just destroy her life. And she called crying. We began to pray and other people praying for her. Three weeks ago, she goes to the doctor. He wanted to see if it got any worse. He came in and says, I can't believe it. It's like you got two new kidneys. That she was totally healed. Look at the next one. This woman, now many of y'all have prayed for, for this woman. About six weeks ago, I got a call from a, uh, she's a woman that many of you probably know. She came and uh, she said this young woman, probably 30 years old, going, she's going, going to be a counselor, trained to be a counselor because she wanted to, she loved God, wanted to help people. Well, she started losing her memory. She couldn't remember things. She'd get up to talk and forget about what her whole speech. Didn't know what to say, what to do. And so we met and talked for about an hour. And of course, when this young, her whole life, he said she had uh, stages of Alzheimer's, that within months, she'd totally lose her memory. That's how bad. Her brain never formed. It was small brain. It had never grown totally, fully. And so this woman's life was basically over with. We began to pray. And many of y'all prayed for her too. She goes back a month later. Now all three, I'm going to tell you four miracles, they've all happened in the last month. She goes back to her doctor. He wanted to see if the Alzheimer's had gotten any worse. He did tests, did scans on her brain. He come back shocked. He said, you got a fully formed brain. Alzheimer's gone. <laughs> Folks, that's our God. Now, the next one, many of you know about this one. I, people have been wanting me to show it. That's Lincoln. See the picture on the left? My daughter-in-law called me about two months ago. Her cousin's little boy, less than two years old, that is cancer on that tongue. And it was bad. He couldn't close his mouth. He couldn't eat. They said it had spread down into his throat, into his lungs. There was very little hope for him. 
and a lot of us begin praying for this boy. And people all over the country, they live in Texas. And I got another email from my sister, and we all prayed in, in our, uh, that they were going in the next day, take his tongue out way down, and see if they could save the little boy. Nine-hour surgery that the little boy would never speak again if he lived. Well, they went, they went in the next day. The surgery took less than an hour. He was isolated on that little thing. All they had to do is take the tumor off. The cancer wasn't anywhere else. It was gone. And now look at the picture on the right. That's the little boy now. <laughs> Folks, that's the amazing. Now look at the last one. That's my little grandbaby born two weeks ago. That's the father now. Bethany, my granddaughter, many of you heard her speak here, here uh, last year. She uh, got pregnant for the first time. She already had a miscarriage before. She told you all that last time. When she was here, she had a miscarriage, had this boy. He was born in the hospital, and he got sick after two days in the hospital. And we didn't know how bad, it wasn't, they didn't think it was very bad. But on Monday night, after five days, my son called me. And I could tell something was wrong. Because Randy is very outgoing, very upbeat. And I said, what's wrong? And he says, Judah, that's his name, has got staph infection. It's all through his body, all through his blood and everything. They didn't think there was much hope for him that they were going in the next day, going in the next day, go into his spine and do some type of test to see if it's possible any way to treat him. So, man, a bunch of you started praying. We started praying. They go, they, the next morning before the surgery, they took a blood test. No staph infection. It was gone. That's him home for the first time. Folks, that's the things that God, we should be seeing. Not just healing, not just healing on anything in people's lives. When we all begin to walk in God's purpose for our lives. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, 10, 13. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For one, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light, it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. See, what this scripture says is we're going to build with gold, silver, or precious stones. Now, those will last a while, won't they? But what if we build with wood, straw, and stubble? It won't last very long. What do we want to build things? We want to build things... In God's purpose, we want to build them that things will last, not just for a short while, 
You know, when we do something and it lasts just for a little bit, what does it do? Folks, God has created you for something very unique, every one of us. Remember what Paul talked about in Corinthians when he says, says we're all part of the same body. Every part of our body, a finger, a thumb, our mouth, our ears, are just as important as the rest of it. And that's why we need all of your parts played. But how are we going to find that? By seeking God. By seeking him, seeking him with all your heart. How many of you want to walk in God's purpose for your life? Raise your hand. Okay, everybody does. So what are you going to have to do to do it? Somebody. Seek God. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Folks, what, what if I hadn't, hadn't cried out to God after I saw that miracle? What if I, I hadn't cried out to him with all my heart, and I mean I cried and sought him? My life wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be as happy as I am now. I tell you what, there's nothing like walking in God's purpose in your life. When we walk in the center of, we know that we're walking in the center of God's will for our life. That's a supernatural joy that it's just hard to describe. And when you're walking, you know that you're living the life that God wants you to live. It, no matter what happens, you're happy. The things of the world just lose their power over you. The key is, does God always call you to do something that you're good at? You know, we think, man, if I'm a great singer, I'm supposed to be on the stage. Or if I'm a great preacher, I'm supposed to be up here preaching. But what if God calls you to do something else? Maybe we do good things. You know, for most of my life before I, God, I saw the miracle, I was doing good things, and they were good things. So I was helping people, but it wasn't what God wanted me to do. You know, there's a pastor in, in Europe that uh, I've been there many times. It's a big church, five or 600 years ago. He built this church. Four or 500 people, which a charismatic church that big in Europe is big. I mean, that's a big church and very successful church. But later in years, because he left the church, I met him again, and he told me that he was never happy. Even though he was happy with what the church was doing, all the people they were bringing in, but that just didn't fulfill him. And he goes on a mission trip, to took a trip from his church on a mission trip to Thailand, went out, like we do in Guatemala, went out in the jungles to these villages and ministered to people, fed them. He went three years doing that. That's what made him happy. So he gave the church. The church is still there. In fact, I was supposed to be there last year. Didn't get to go. But it's got someone else pastor now. But this man is happy out in the jungles of Thailand. Different type of what he thought all his life. 
Maybe God's calling you to do something special for him, something different. Seek it, and you'll find it. You know, God, God wants all of us. I will tell you, I never thought I'd be up on a stage speaking. I mean, when, when, I, when God showed me I was going to do that travel and speak in front of big crowds, I thought it was nuts, you know. But, but I realized that's what he wanted me to do. Now it doesn't bother me. I'm happy about doing it. I don't know what God has for your life. Seek it and find it. Maybe you're walking in his will right now. I don't know. But if you want to have true happiness, seek him. Seek what is my purpose like, God. And I'll tell you what, he'll tell you. He wants you to be living in his will, walking in his will. But he's the one that knows. Amen? Amen. So everybody stand up. So now next Sunday when we come together, you'll all be walking God's purpose, right? Everybody? Amen. You have to seek it, guys. So let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for everyone here this morning. Father, we pray that every one of us begins to seek your will, that we, we begin to walk in your will for our lives. Give us a clear vision for your purpose for each one of our lives. Open our eyes, Lord God, our hearts and our minds to your vision so that we can begin to live our purpose. Pray that you draw us closer to you, Father, closer to you than we've ever been before, that we spend that time with you, seeking your presence in our lives, where we can begin to walk with you. And Father, I, I pray that everyone in this room, if they, if they don't feel satisfied with what they're doing, that they will cry out to you. And they'll find their purpose, your purpose for them. I just thank you for everyone here. I thank you for their presence. I thank you for all that's watching on the internet. And I just give you the praise and glory. Amen. Hey, guys. As I was praying this morning, I, uh, I got two words. That there will be somebody here with a lower back problem. It started on their left hip, but it's moved up into their back. He wants to set you free this morning. So when we get released, just come up front and we'll pray for you. If you've got any lower back problems, God wants to set you free this morning. In fact, he could be setting you free right now. The other one, someone began having a ringing in their right ear. It might have been long ago. It's moved to both of them now. And that ringing bothers you, keeps you awake. It's hard for you to sleep. God wants to set you free. So if you've got problems with your ears, come up and receive what God has for you. And when you walk up here, you just believe that God's going to set you free from whatever it is. Now we'll pray, no matter what kind of sickness, what kind of bondage you have, if you need prayer for anything else, if you need help trying to learn what's your purpose, we can pray for you. There will be somebody up here to pray for you. 
And so I want to thank you for being here this morning and go out and change the world. Amen.